It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's show. You're going to hear from SB Nation's Matt Brown, a guy who pays attention to college football from top to bottom. We're going to talk about the Fair Pay to Play Act that was passed in California earlier this week and how it relates to college football and BYU by extension. You'll hear that in the second segment of today's podcast. First segment of today's show, we're going to run down everything going on in BYU basketball news with confirmation of an injury for Gavin Baxter as well as some preseason all WCC honors for the BYU men's basketball team run all that down for you and of course catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well as giving you the schedule for this weekend's events all right let's get to it this is the locked on Cougars podcast brought to you by our title sponsor on the show Deseret First Credit Union as well as our good friends at Vivid Seats and my book We'll tell you about all of them as today's show rolls on. With that, let's get to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 4th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining the show on a Friday. Thanks for downloading and listening. It's been a fun week, a bye week for BYU football. No football action this weekend. They'll be back to it next week as they get ready to face South Florida in Tampa next Saturday. Let's start off on the BYU basketball front this morning. Uh, BYU, of course, had their annual WCC media event down there in Las Vegas yesterday. And BYU picked, surprisingly, number three in the preseason poll amongst the WCC coaches. BYU, since they joined the West Coast Conference in 2011, has never been picked lower than third and never been picked higher than second. So pretty standard for what you expect. Gonzaga expected to win the league, followed by St. Mary's in second place. Gonzaga got seven first place votes while St. Mary's garnered three first place votes in the preseason balloting, and BYU comes in third. Two Cougars named to the preseason All-WCC team. Uh, That would be Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes, as you would expect. Two of BYU's senior stars. Guys that are expected to have a big role this year, even though Yoli Childs has to still sit out the stupid nine games the NCAA has decided you know what you need to sit out I still think it's just stupid but that's neither here nor there but congratulations to both those players I think a guy like Jake Toulson with what he's expected to do in a BYU uniform this year as a graduate transfer he'll challenge for postseason all WCC honors transfers and freshmen are not eligible for the preseason all WCC team so hopefully that clears that up because I think Jake Toulson probably would have gotten some consideration for that had he been eligible to make the preseason all WCC team but so there you go some of the news regarding BYU basketball 
basketball. The big news, though, coming out was that there's a, a quote, solid chance, unquote, that Gavin Baxter, BYU sophomore forward, misses the upcoming season. Uh, reports coming out from uh, Mark Pope saying, quote, looks like right now there's a solid chance we won't be able to see that, to see that speaking of Baxter, until a year from now. He tore a labrum. While we're seeing some experts, I think there's a solid chance he'll have to have that repaired right now and we'll miss him. Uh, Gavin Baxter, of course, has been meeting with experts to see if, okay, can I play through this? It is a torn labrum, and labrum injuries are notorious for taking their time to heal. I would expect that he has surgery in the near future unless an expert believes he can play on it, which I highly doubt they're going to recommend that with all the wear and tear it would cause moving your arm around as you do in basketball. But it sounds like Gavin Baxter, we have confirmation that there was an injury for him to begin with and it also sounds like now that he will be uh, missing the upcoming season unless some small miracle comes to pass and they can find an expert that believes he can play with the injury and contribute. BYU's front line is very, very thin. Uh, Mark Pope yesterday during the WCC media event was lauding Colby Lee and Dalton Nixon as guys who need to step up for BYU. That means to me, just I just reading between the lines, that Wyatt Lowell and Richard Harward, the two transfer forwards from UVU, I don't think they're going to get their waivers um, approved and they'll be sitting out this upcoming season. That's kind of what I was reading between the lines there with Mark Pope pumping up both Kobe Lee and Dalton Nixon as replacements along the front line for Yoli Childs as well as uh, Gavin Baxter. So there you go. That's what's coming out from BYU in the WCC tip-off event in Las Vegas yesterday. A couple of notes for former Cougars and the pros earlier this week. Brandon Davies having a great start to his season overseas in the ACB, playing for FC Barcelona. He had an 11.9 rebound effort in a 6-point win over Obra Doiro. I don't know how you say that correctly. Had 17 minutes off the bench. He was in the starting lineup for their second game of the season. He had 20 24 points on 8 of 14 shooting from the field, including 2 of 3 from 3-point land. He also has a beast on the glass with 11 rebounds, 5 of those on the offensive end, 3 steals, a block, and an assist in 33 minutes on the court in Game 2. So congratulations to Brandon Davies. He's doing very well early on here for FC Barcelona. They open EuroLeague action later this week against Andalou FS Istanbul uh, this weekend. Best of luck to Brandon Davies and FC Barcelona. Elijah Bryant, who will also be playing in EuroLeague this year alongside uh, Jimmer Fredette. Well, Bryant had a great game despite a loss for uh, for uh, Maccabee Tel Aviv. They lost to Hapoel J- Jerusalem 84-83, so a narrow loss. But Elijah Bryant hit 18 points, a team best on a 6-9 shooting day. He went 2-3 of three from 3-point three land. He added 7 rebounds and an assist in 29 minutes. So congratulations to Elijah Bryant. Another solid showing. Uh, Maccabee Tel Aviv heads to EuroLeague action this weekend against Kimki Moscow region. I love the names in the EuroLeague. There's some fun names over there. So congratulations to both those players. Of course, we'll keep you updated all season long with how Jimmer, Elijah, and Brandon are all doing in EuroLeague over there in Europe. It should be a fun thing to track because it is the best league outside of the NBA in the world. And it's nice to see some former Cougars doing good things on the court there. All right. And here in a minute, we're going to talk with Matt Brown, SB Nation, about the Fair Pay to Play Act, his thoughts on how it affects college football and also BYU by extension. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you today about Vivid Seats. I'm reminding you to make a memory that lasts you a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to that favorite live event. Remember, enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. 
We'll get to the interview with Matt Brown and SB Nation here momentarily. Before we do that, do need to talk to you today about our title sponsor here on the podcast, and that is Deseret First Credit Union. You heard me talk about them in the past, but Deseret First Credit Union shares a faith-based bond with its members, but they also want to celebrate the unique goals and passions of their individual members. So they're asking right now, what is your focus? What's your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home to save some money and help fund your passion project? Uh, refinancing, a lot of people think it's a hassle. To meet with multiple people, etc. Well, the DFCU mortgage team is here to work with you and make sure it's the easiest process possible. Right now, they have no cost refinancing that doesn't cost you a single dime. You can get locked into one of the crazy low rates right now that interest rates are sitting at for absolutely nothing and potentially save up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys. Give DFCU and their mortgage team a call at 801 456 7070. Once again, 801 456 7070 or visit DFCU.com to apply in just five minutes or less. And when you do call or you check them out online, let them know that Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. Love to hear back your guys' feedback on how this process goes. Uh, Deseret First Credit Union, they are great. You know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. The NCAA tournament is almost here. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, going to get to a conversation I had with Matt Brown here, here from SB Nation, a guy who is very interested in tracking BYU, but tracks college football as a whole, working for SB Nation. Great conversation about the Fair Pay to Play Act, how it affects college football as a whole, where he thinks it's going, and also how it might affect BYU specifically. So here you go. Matt Brown from SB Nation with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. Please welcome in now Matt Brown, Associate Director of Team Brands for SB Nation, a guy who covers college football from top to bottom, a guy I've, I've watched and covered and just kind of tracked his work for years now. Matt, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Good to, good to be on here. Absolutely. So let's start off with this, Matt. Uh, the fair pay-to-play uh, issue has come to the forefront in college sports this week, of course, with uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom passing or officially signing the bill that makes that uh, fair pay-to-play act law in the state of California. What uh, has been your perception of the reaction to that law being passed in California overall? Well, within California, the feedback has been, I think, nearly uniformly positive from major California newspapers to stakeholders within the state to fans. Um, obviously, the, the one group that's less than thrilled would be college presidents and athletic directors. And that's, I think, almost uniformly true across all of college athletics. You know, a big reason for that, um, beyond the fact that this is a group that is historically really reticent to change anything unless forced to by um an outside body is that there is a there is a concern among some ads that this could lead to a de- uh, decrease in uh, booster donations. You know the the example going around the internet right now is you know if you're uh, a big time booster uh, for say I don't know UCLA right you own you own a dealership in Pasadena yeah. and you want UCLA to win football games right now you cut a six figure check to the athletic department and you hope that UCLA hires some good coaches. They build a fancy locker room. They have some nice amenities. They recruit good football players to come to UCLA. 
potentially with this with this with this change in legislation, that guy could then decide why don't I just pay the players directly? I'll put them in. I'll put them in a couple of my commercials. I may be able to make a little bit of money myself. Um, the end result is still the same. Good players are incentivized to come to UCLA, but now the athletic department doesn't get a taste of that money. They don't get the control for where that money goes, and they may potentially not be able to support as many administrators. So they're unhappy. Some coaches are unhappy because that there's change. But I think within that state, lawmakers, fans, and people who would stand to benefit from this seem uh, very supportive. Okay, so me having read up on this, kind of reading about the whole impetus of why they passed this was kind of the thought from the original statement from the legislator who brought it to the forefront and brought it to the California state legislature was they wanted to spur the NCAA to make changes. Is that kind of still the whole idea of this? Cause it's not going into effect until 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've almost lost track at this point of the number of other states where some, you know, some state representative or some yeah. state senator has proposed a similar law. I, I think as of this recording, we're up to about 13. It represents more than a third of the U.S. population. We have, we have people here in my home state here of Illinois, in Ohio, in North Carolina, out west in Colorado. You know, most major states in Florida as well, and Florida's timetable uh, for their proposed bill is much sooner than 2023. The, the, the whole major idea here is that right now the NCAA has a working group dedicated to, to sussing out a new likeness rights policy. It includes former conference commissioners, athletic directors, university presidents, you know, the, the same kind of working group that you have for any other kind of policy change. And this now sets a deadline. You have to come up with some kind of national policy, and we're going to negotiate it between the um, various state houses or potentially the federal government because there are now – Two Republican members of Congress yeah. who have issued different bills on, on federal likeness policy. The hope is that they can, everybody can figure something out together and have some kind of national rule. What the NCAA really, really, really doesn't want, maybe more than not having to pay anybody at all, is to have a patchwork of different rules. That might create recruiting um, advantages. <clears throat> that might create, make it almost impossible to, to enforce any of these rules. That probably would be a mess. But because this, this law has a longer window, and now you have a bunch of other people getting together here, the hope and my expectation is that some kind of compromise will be reached well before 2023. Okay, so you uh, per- watching what the NCAA has responded with and you tracking this as heavily as you have done, if it were to come down to, okay, either state legislatures are going to pass this or this goes to the federal level, do you think the NCAA, if they're going to have to pick one of these two, they'd rather have a law at the federal level that affects all 50 states across the board? They, they want some kind of either federal legislation or national NCAA policy that is uh, compliant with the various other state-level uh, you know, laws. Um, they don't negotiate with whoever they have to negotiate with here. And the, the interesting question, I think, is going to is not whether likeness rights um, will be allowed. I think that's an inevitability. Even if the NCAA decides to sue uh, on interstate commerce grounds and try to get this particular uh, law mm-hmm. ruled unconstitutional, and I want to have a little bit more information on this on extra points next week, um, it, 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 this is going to happen. So if they, if they negotiate now, they might be able to get a more limited marketplace for rights. We may be able to have a new policy, you know, for example, that holds the money in some kind of trust until after a player's eligibility has expired. 
it might limit the uh, places where an athlete could potentially sign an endorsement deal to, you know, remove potentially embarrassing industries. I, I imagine a lot of schools don't want one of their players to sneak off and cut a deal, you know, with an adult entertainment company or a casino <laughs> or something that might embarrass yeah. the school. Like, you, 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 you laugh, but, like, the second that that loophole exists, I think someone's going to try it. Probably. Um, you know, <laughs> so... At the end, they're, they're going to want to find some way to keep this tethered to education, even if we have to kind of like, I'm making big air quotes in my hands right now, you know, when I'm saying tethered to education, but, but some way of maintaining their legal precedent. Um, they probably would have gotten a much better deal if they had done this themselves two years ago before a bunch of angry uh, lawmakers got involved, but that's the situation they're in now, and we're going to have to go see how it all sorts itself out. Okay, so you know me. I'm here in Utah, so we've got the University of Utah here. We've got Utah State. We've also got BYU. So we've got a school in the Mountain West Conference, a school in the Pac-12, and then an FBS independent. You mentioned the fact that some people are thinking this could become a recruiting advantage for individual schools. I also am of the opinion that, okay, if you were to open this up, let uh, these let these student athletes be compensated for the likeness and image. I think that there would be maybe two, three, four, five guys each school who would be compensated to some level, but then other athletes are not going to be compensated. Is this going to cause an issue within programs itself? You feel like, or even across conferences? I guess. Yeah. So this is a, this is a good question. And first, I think it pushed back on the idea that um, lots of people would not receive compensation at all. Like the the, the, the biggest reason why so many fans are interested in this legislation isn't about college football at all. It's about the college football video game. Good point, Everybody yeah. likeness rights. Then they're going to be able to negotiate um, payment to use of their likeness within an EA Sports game. And now that payment might be 100 bucks and a copy of the game, but that would apply to every single FBS player. So I, I feel pretty comfortable that like the likeness rights for everybody who's playing FBS college football, Utah State, Utah Fresno State, Alabama, that's greater than zero. Okay. Now, is there going to be – are you going to have some players who are going to have disproportionate um, endorsement opportunities compared to their peers? Yes. Quarterbacks are probably going to get more money. Jordan Love is probably going to be – would have more ability to monetize his likeness than the backup left tackle on that team. And if you don't have strong leaders, either as, in a, as the coaching staff or with your roster – that could potentially cause problems, but that's true for literally every professional league in the country like, that exists right now. Right? We've got people who are making, you know, the league minimum, yeah. having to share a locker room and share responsibilities with somebody who's being paid quite a lot of money. And those those conflicts exist, and those conflicts are also managed. If we're being honest with ourselves here, at a lot of big time programs or even medium time programs, these kids are getting paid anyway. Like we shouldn't <laughs> pretend that every single person went to USC or went to Alabama or Ohio State or Texas or even some of these mid-tier schools because they fell in love with the university library and nobody gave them a $100 handshake. And those dynamics right now exist in locker rooms now. So I don't look at that as something that is impossible to overcome. It's just one thing that we have to trust that highly paid and highly competent coaches can figure out a way to, to deal with. I know I'm forcing you to kind of look ahead and look through your magic eight ball or whatever idiom you choose here, but looking ahead at what you think is going to happen, where do you think this ultimately goes? I think we're going to reach some kind of resolution probably within the next 18 months. We're going to have a national policy that is not as robust as I think some of the economists or activists would like, and that might eventually lead to additional lawsuits trying to force a more open marketplace. But I think we're going to have something where players are allowed to monetize their likeness 
but those commercial deals have to be registered with the school so people can track them and that there's going to be some limits on where they can go. I, I think a lot of the folks right now that are looking at this as some kind of calamity that's going to upend everything are, are going to be a little bit surprised at how modest a lot of the amount of money that's going to be coming in is. It's hard for me to look at this and think that this is, that this is going to really make the competitive imbalance in college athletics much worse, like with scholarship limits. I really can't. But there will be a couple of interesting edge cases. You know, I think if I was a fan of a Utah school, you know, none of which right now regularly bring in a lot of blue chip kids. I, because these are smaller markets, I wonder if this might actually help them. You know, if you're yeah. Utah and mm-hmm. you're competing against Stanford or USC for a, a low four-star kid, that guy might be number one or two on your board, and he might be number twelve on USC or so number twelve on Oregon's. You might be able to potentially offer him more money. Or offer him, you know, the ability to be a bigger, you know, the proverbial bigger man on a, the, the bigger fish in a smaller pond than you might in Los Angeles or you might in Seattle, and and that could potentially help you, especially if you're a football program like Utah that says, like, listen, we turn three stars into NFL draft picks all the time. Why not be a three star that becomes an NFL draft pick and makes a couple thousand more dollars, and you can come back to Salt Lake City and cut an ad later uh, than somebody who's a little bit buried down in the depth chart at a bigger Pac-12 program. Yeah, I would agree with you. And as a guy, I, like I'll, I'll admit, Matt, I, I freely admit I still play NCAA 14. It's the most recent version they released. I still fire it up. I still download the new rosters every year, and I still play the game. So I'm with you in that regard. If I can get NCAA football back, period, sign me up for it. I'm totally okay with that, and just get me on board with that. But I, I wanted to ask kind of more specifically about a program, let's say like BYU in particular, where they're an independent out there. Do you feel like that, this could, you mentioned the fact that it could be a recruiting chip for some of these smaller programs. Could BYU fit into that where they might have a little bit of a more of an advantage in that regard? You know, there's such a, a special case I honestly have no idea how that, how that would go. Like I, I, I think and you probably know this a little bit better than I do. I don't think that is as a booster culture that is as famous for throwing out hundred dollar bills or as free with giving <laughs> yeah. their money either to the school or to you know players themselves uh, as much as maybe some other schools that they might be recruiting against. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah as a state was one of the holdouts. Uh, for, for, for sponsoring you know, this kind of legislation that they want to cling to the status quo. Mm-hmm. The potential, if BYU really wants to lean into this and, and you know, enhance the commercial opportunities for student-athletes, it's going to be, it, it's going to be there. Um, you know, but that, that depends on, like, I think people within the school and some of their big boosters making that institutional commitment that I'm, I'm not sure is there. There's probably other things that they could do to improve their recruiting. Um, beyond leaning on this. Although, you know, uh, all it takes is, is, is one wealthy BYU alum to, to you know, throw some money around, and that changes things. Well, Matt, I can't thank you enough for taking some time. It's a fascinating topic. I'm excited to see where it goes. I would encourage everybody to check out the Extra Points newsletter. I have been a subscriber to it since you launched, Matt, and I enjoy it every time it comes out. I, I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that support. You know, for everybody else, if you are interested in some of the issues that, that, that off the field in college football that impact what happens on the field, whether that is politics, whether that's you know, media deals or TV rights, whether that's history, demographics, anything else, you might enjoy Extra Points. It comes out twice a week. It's totally free. You can subscribe at mattbrown.substack.com, or you can find me on Twitter at MattSBN, and there's a pin link right there. All right, Matt. We'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. 
There you go, Matt Brown from SB Nation. Can't thank him enough for taking the time. A great conversation, and it will be interesting to watch how this goes. I really do think that the federal level is what the NCAA would would appeal to or what they would like to see happen because they don't want to deal with a hodgepodge of rules in every state as they try and govern all the different universities under their umbrella. But I like that the state of California is pushing the issue here, forcing uh, – you're going to force – the NCAA to act. They've been sitting on their hands doing nothing, typical NCAA, and now you're forcing them to act. And of course, they're lashing out saying, you know what? You should have been acting on this for years now. I'm glad somebody's finally forcing the issue, and I'm hopeful that it has a positive result at some point. And as you heard Matt say, he thinks it's in the next 18 months that we'll have a new set of rules in place, and we'll see what happens with it. All right, uh, we will come back. We'll talk about everything that's going on in BYU sports this weekend, the women's volleyball team sweeping another WCC matchup yesterday. We'll get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU Sports. It's all coming up next. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you today about my bookie. I don't know how many, how many of you guys are big sports bettors, but it's always fun when you have money on the game. It just creates an enhanced interest in how the game's outcome is going. Point spreads, just taking a straight-up winner, regardless of what you're doing. If you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season, guys. Check them out. My bookie.ag today. If you're the guy who likes to bet a little bit to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout with a pretty low investment overall. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. If you join right now, mybookie is going to double your first deposit with them. Use the promo code ONCOLLEGE, O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E to activate the offer. That's promo code on college to double your cash on your initial investment with my bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. That's my bookie. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the show, wanted to run down everything happening in BYU sports this weekend. Of course, it kicked off last night as the number nine ranked, or sorry, number seven ranked women's volleyball team swept Pacific in Stockton 3 0. They won their seventh straight match. Congratulations to the women's volleyball team. Uh, they are back in action tomorrow as they head to St. Mary's for a mid afternoon matchup at 2 o'clock Mountain Time, facing off the Gale, against the Gales in Moraga. Best of luck to the Cougars. I'm expecting they should move that win streak to eight in a row tomorrow afternoon. Other teams from BYU in action this weekend. The men's and women's swimming and diving teams are going to be in Grand Junction, Colorado for the Intermountain Shootout event at the El Pomar Natatorium that starts today at 5 o'clock Mountain Time and continues on through tomorrow morning. Uh, you can check the BYU Cougars website for updates on that. BYU Baseball is in action tomorrow as they have their fall series. They're playing a home-and-home against the University of Utah. The first game is tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time 
at Smith's Ballpark as the Cougars and Utes square off at Smith's Ballpark. Best of luck to both the Utes and the Cougars in that, particularly the Cougars. Uh, women's soccer is in action tomorrow at 2 o'clock Mountain Times. They face Santa Clara in Santa Clara, California. That will be televised or streamed live on the WCC network. You'll also be able to hear the game on the BYU Sports Network radio-wise across all of their affiliates if you want to tune into that. And just one other note for you is early next week, the men's tennis team begins play in the ITA All-American at Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Michael D. Case Tennis Center out there in Tulsa. Best of luck to Brad Pierce's team as he looked to state claim to some of the top state claim as some of the top players in the region out there in Tulsa early next week. It continues on throughout the week, but it starts on Monday before we'll, you'll probably hear this podcast. I wanted to get that note to you guys. All right, so that'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Once again, thanks to Matt Brown for joining us on the show. Always great to have guests who can weigh in on some of the bigger issues in college football and BYU in particular. If there are people you'd like to hear from, let me know. You can hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the show at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Or, of course, you can always drop the show a note by emailing us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Get your thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, whatever you got. Feel free to weigh in. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, as always, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as MyBookie and Vivid Seats. Have a great weekend. We will catch you guys on Monday, getting you ready for USF next week. You've made it through the bye week. Should be an exciting time, and enjoy whatever's left of your weekend. This has been Locked On Cougars for October 4th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day